barbershop experience welcome back into the seat y'all we finna sit back down get that virtual line up that virtual even steven that virtual fade we are back welcome back my people you know this is a family oriented show where we talk about any and everything family oriented family oriented still talk about everything still family oriented well, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to have my fam back. And we're going to kick this season two off with a bang. Let's chop it up. This episode is sponsored by my wife's business. And it's called Let It Out Academy. And her name is Tia Monique. She is a book coach that has all-inclusive self-publishing packages. It's time to share y'all stories with the world, my people. Discover, uh, schedule your discovery call at www.tiamonique.com. That's www.tiamonique.com. And that's Let It Out Academy. Without further ado, Let's sit in this chair and do what we do best. Let's chop it up. Okay, y'all. I am a Lions fan, born and raised in Detroit. Feudal town. Uh, the last time we actually won a championship in professional football, it was known as the NFL championship. In the times with Jim Brown and all those great players back then, it was only nine or ten games. I think it was only nine. And in the 50s, the Lions were a dynasty. They won a couple of the NFL championships with 55, I think, is the last one. So the city of Detroit was ecstatic when – they went to the NFC Championship game because before then, they had not won a playoff game in 30 years, over 30 years. You know, they haven't been to the NFC title game since the Redskins on their Super Bowl run beat the bejesus out of them. And here we were again. The city was electric. We were ready. We had a great team, offensive team. Defense was a little suspect, I digress, but um, we had some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. 
a premier tight end that we drafted in Sam LaPorta, a very good running back that we drafted uh, in Jameer Gibbs. Both of those were rookies. Of course, we had uh, signed David Montgomery. We had Amon Ross St. Brown, slot receiver. We also had Jared Goff, who we traded for with the Rams for Matt Stafford to get Stafford his ring with the Rams a few years back. And on the defensive side of the ball, it was uh, it was tough. We still had Aiden Hutchinson, the number two pick coming out of Michigan. Congrats to Michigan, by the way, with winning that national title. Uh, it was a few players on defense that we we thought we could make some noise with, but a few of them got hurt. You know, uh, James Houston, a specialist pass rusher. Gardner Johnson got hurt, but he came back. So we had some playmakers, and we were going against a traditional juggernaut in the San Francisco 49ers. And we started off strong. We drove down the field, scored, stopped San Francisco from scoring, got another good drive going. We had San Francisco, which, by the way, was the number one team in the NFC, possibly the number one team in the NFL, most would argue, along with Baltimore, uh, we had them on the ropes. We had San Francisco confused. We had San Francisco backpedaling. They really didn't know what to do. They were scrambling. They had to figure out how we were going to stop this Lions team, which, by the way, the team itself was ranked in the NFL top five offense. So – you can't really say San Francisco didn't know what was coming, but San Francisco has a very good defense. And at the time, we had San Francisco confused. They didn't know what was going on. So, it came to the second quarter, getting ready to go to halftime. And we decided to kick the field goal to go up 17, which to me, which is cool. In the NFC Championship game, we haven't been there in years. None of these players, half these players probably weren't even born when the Lions went. So you're looking at a relatively young team. You want to go up 17 points on arguably the best team in the league. Um, second half was a half of adjustments. And the Lions did not make any good adjustments in the second half whereas San Francisco made great adjustments. They sped up the tempo. They decided to go back to what San Francisco does best, which is ground and pound, uh, a little misdirection, get their star players, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuels, IU, Brock Purdy. He got some very good scrambles to get crucial first downs, and they got great breaks. Um, a pass interference call which was nullified because the receiver actually made the catch off of one of our, I think it was Cam Sutton. One, no, it wasn't Cam Sutton. It was one of our uh, defensive backs bounced off his uh, helmet, still made the catch. They made crucial plays, whereas we didn't. We didn't make the adjustments that I thought we would make once they seen San Francisco's adjustments, which kind of confused me because there were certain plays that the Lions made on the field 
that they did not make. Josh Reynolds had a couple crucial drops. And the sheer-handed Amon Ross St. Brown had a crucial drop. I can honestly say that during the year, Josh Reynolds was pretty much sheer-handed himself. Sam LaPorta made a few bungle plays. He got a few tackles for loss with uh, Gibbs and Montgomery. Uh, a lot of the plays that the Lions were making to get to the NFC Championship, they didn't make in the second half. I can even say the plays they made in the first half, they didn't make in the second half. But, you know, our coach is Dan uh, Campbell. He came in, his speech was, we're going to have grit. You know, everybody talked about his speech, how he was saying, um, we're going to bite kneecaps, we're going to keep fighting and all that. And as far as a motivational coach, I think he's one of the best. I honestly believe he's one of the best motivational coaches to where he get his players to jump off the Golden State Bridge or run through a brick wall. They think they're invincible. They think they're Thanos because of him. He's still learning as a strategical coach because sometimes we call him Dan Gamble. He, during the year, he'll go for it on fourth down. Sometimes he'll go for it on fourth down on the Lions' side of the ball. And a lot of those gambles paid off. The gambles he made in the second half with the fourth downs, the plays were good. They didn't execute. And see, me, he probably know more football in his left pinky than I know. I just look at it from a standpoint, when you're in a place that you've never been, you take points. If there was a time that he should have went for the touchdown instead of the field goal was the end of the uh, first half because that would have put the Lions up 28-7. to Now, if you're looking at it from San Francisco's point of view, they really have to change up their methodology and their, their scheme because they're down 21 points instead of 14. So since we went up 17, the line, they came down and scored, they being uh, San Francisco, and we didn't kick the field goal to get keep it up three scores. So then we also didn't score until late in the fourth quarter. San Francisco ran off 27 unanswered points to take a lead. And we didn't get those two field goals because we went for it on fourth and two and I think fourth and three. It was short distance. And like I said, the execution was good. The players didn't make the plays. Having said that, I honestly believe if you go and get the six points, the Lions only lost by three, 34-31. You add those six points in, we win by three. It would have been a nail-biter. We win by three. Yes, it's a probability that the kicker would miss the field goal. Yes. But you taking points at the time, that still makes San Francisco have to come back and still score at least twice to win the game. So if you kicking the field goal and they have to still put their pedal to the metal, now time is not on their side. They still have to score twice to either tie or win the game. You make 
San Francisco go away from what made them the number one team. But I'm proud of the team. I'm proud of the Lions. I still say we should have been in that Super Bowl. I got a couple college friends I went to college with. Shout out to them. They won't admit that San Francisco was on the ropes. Well, one of my friends will. He admitted that. He actually said the Lions gave them the game, gave San Francisco the game, which I tend to agree with. I would say that the field goals and Dan Campbell turning into Dan Gamble and he lost the gamble, lost us the Super Bowl. Because I honestly think if the Lions went to the Super Bowl, they had a huge chance of winning. They had a big chance of winning. So if you look at certain plays in the game, the Lions gave San Francisco the game, in my opinion. Now, if they would have got the, the uh, two fourth downs and went down the score, we won't be talking about this. I'll be talking about a preview of the Lions in this game playing uh, – the Kansas City Chiefs, who they beat early in the season. You know, it's, they beat them. They didn't have Kelsey. They didn't have a defensive tackle, Chris Jones. If you look at the way the Lions played that first half, I would have picked them to beat the Chiefs. I really would have because they were a well-oiled machine and they have the playmakers to really offset what Kansas City had to offer. Now, Kansas City has a very good defense, but you're putting their defense in a bind because you have weapons all over the place. So I would have looked at it from a standpoint that we have a chance to beat these guys. I really would have. So if you're looking at how the Lions played the second half, I would have said the Chiefs would have utterly destroyed us. Football, basketball, baseball, all the sports, I can even say certain instances of soccer or whatever you're playing. The game I always compare those major sports to is chess, a thinking man's game, not checkers. Chess, you have to anticipate your move three, four moves ahead of time. You have to plan. You have to have a, you have to have a strategy. And when you have a strategy in football, it's tough to beat a team, especially when they have a great offense, a great defense, or they have a great offense and a good defense. When you have, or vice versa, a great defense and a social offense, because it's been teams, look at Ray Lewis, his two Ravens teams, their defenses were stellar. Their offense was, was enough to get by. And I think our offense was stellar, and our defense was enough to get by. They had to make a few plays here and there, we can win the game. I'm telling you, we had a chance to win the game. And as a Lions fan, it hurts because we we are one of the few teams that's never been to a Super Bowl. We've never been to a place of happiness on that end. My mother was what a year when they won the NFL championship. That's how long ago it was. You know, they were, it wasn't a Super Bowl. I said that earlier, just to reiterate where we were. Our GM's name is uh, Brad Holmes. He has a lot on his plate in the offseason, the draft, and all that to keep this team running on the offensive side like a well-oiled machine. 
you know, I am a defensive person in almost every sport. So there is some cogs that need to be plugged in for our defense to be better. The offense, it's a few things they need, the defense need more. So I'm going in the draft looking to sure up the most important need on the offense and really go for all defense. You know, I want to see if I can get the defense to match the offense. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next season. And those are my points on the Lions giving the game away. I don't care what anybody say. They gave that game away. But we're going to see what they do next year, 2024. I say next year because that's what it is. 2024, season of 2024. I can't wait. I want to see what Dan uh, Campbell, Ben Johnson, who's the offensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn, who's the defensive coordinator, what they got up their sleeve to make our Lions better. Here's a fun fact about the city of Detroit. You have a lot of faithful fans. We also have fans that had to pick another team because the Lions was just that bad. We were one of the few teams that went 0-16 this time. You know, we had bad, uh, bad uh, organizational people running the team. And we had an owner who already was worth billions because they invented Ford Motor Company. So they, you got the ownership passed down the line and you finally got a, a owner who's a Ford who cares. Got to give her credit. At the end of the day, she does care. She put people in place to get the team going. Let's see what they do. So I'm going to preview. I'm glad we're sitting in this chair. I don't know how y'all feel, but I feel great to be back getting this virtual line up with my fam. We talk, we chopping it up big time. So here's what we're going to do now. San Francisco is the team out the NFC, and the, the, the Super Bowl champs from last year, the Kansas City Chiefs with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, is the AFC champ. I'm going to pick, me personally, the 49ers. I think the defense is enough to slow Mahomes down. I don't think they will be able to slow, to stop them. I think they got enough to slow them down. Uh, you got Nick Bosa. You got Chase Young when he's not taking plays off. He kind of upset me with that because he was a very good Ohio State defensive end along with with Nick. Both of them are Ohio State alums, and they were stud defensive ends, and they were very, they very good defensive ends in the NFL. I think Christian McCaffrey, I think Debo Samuel, Ayu, uh, Kittle, the tight end, Brock Purdy. I think they got enough to actually go ahead and bring home the Lombardi Trophy. But when you're looking at Kansas City, they have the experience. They've been there. Six AFC championship games, a couple of Super Bowls under their belt, veteran leadership in uh, Kelsey and, and uh, Mahomes, argu arguably the, an all-time great already. You know, he's a great now, but you can argue that he's a all-time great right now. 
and he's not even 30. I don't even think he's 26, 27 yet. He's still relatively young. So you're looking at uh, two very good teams. Both of them play very, very good defense. It's a matter of what offense can call the plays to make that the other's defense kind of reel back. And Andy Reid is an offensive mind. He's a very good offensive mind for the for the Chiefs. And you're looking at uh, Shanahan, another offensive mind. So we're going to see who has the better offensive mind this coming Sunday, which goes back to who's going to play a better chess game. Who's going to put their team two, three plays ahead of time to where the other team's game plan has to change. And when you look at the stars on the on the field, what star is going to shine the brightest? Is it going to be Mahomes again? Is it going to be Kelsey? Is it going to be Brock Purdy, who was known as Mr. Irrelevant? Mr. Irrelevant is the last pick of the draft. He went from Mr. Irrelevant to leading a story franchise to the Super Bowl. Christian McCaffrey, arguably the best running back in the league. Well, there's no argument in my opinion. He is the the best running back in the league. Debo Samuel, awesome slot receiver. Can run the ball, can do all you need. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, another great stretch the field receiver. George Kittle, great tight end. You, you have the players. I mentioned defensive players. Uh, Chris Jones, who's a disruptor in the middle of that defensive line for the Chiefs. They drafted well in Carlostas from Purdue, a rookie. We're going to see who make the plays. We're going to see what star is going to shine brightest. We're going to see who has, what defensive coordinator has the game plan to stop these two very good offenses. What defensive coordinator has been watching film and seen a chink in the armor? What offensive coordinator has the game plan to have the defense reeling? Who's going to make the big play? What kicker is going to make the big kick, make the, 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 the field goal that counts? Who is ready to bring home the Lombardi trophy? All that will be answered. If you're if you were to ask me, I would I would say this would be a dog fight. I really think the defense of both teams, they're going to step up more so than what people think. Because everybody is talking about the offensive side of the ball. Kansas City shut down a very, very, very good Baltimore Raven team. Only held them to 10 points. They caused three turnovers. They did what they had to do. San Francisco made the plays. They couldn't stop the offensive of the Detroit Lions. They made crucial plays, crucial sacks, crucial stops to get to the Super Bowl. So you're looking at two teams that has the offense to win. They also have the defense to make some plays. This is going to be a very good Super Bowl. The one thing I don't want to see is Taylor Swift all over the screen. I don't care nothing about that. I am a football fan. I want to see football. I'm 
not interested in Taylor Swift because she's dating one of the premier tight ends in the league. Who cares? A lot of us want to see football. Now, I know football is trying to draw the average Joe fan, the average Joe woman, to get her to watch football, to get her involved. It's actually a very good uh, strategical plan to draw more people to watch football. I'm not mad at it. The traditional guys, and there are some traditional women football lovers. They don't want to pay any attention to that. They want to see who going to win these games. And then there's a part of us that want to see what kind of commercials they got because some of them in the past few years have been hysterical. So there are great, uh, what am I saying, plans to get people to watch. Their, their motivation to get people to watch the NFL is the GOAT. They know how to get people to turn on the TV and watch these games. They know how to get people to pay good money to go to Vegas to see the game. You got the game in Vegas, casinos everywhere. Come on, man. If you can't get in the game, you, you can get into the casinos, which is helping Nevada as if they need money, Las Vegas as if they need money, to keep money in there, which all goes into the betting and all that. The NFL is partnering with all that. So the NFL is still making money. Great. I want to see my football. I want to see who do who does what on the field. If Mahomes win this, is he the GOAT? Can you take the GOAT status from Tom Brady? Most people would say no. Some people would say yes. You're looking at the body of work that this young man is doing. You would take so a lot of people would take it. I'm a Michigan guy. I love University of Michigan football. Tom Brady was a six-round pick. And he took it and ran with it. He has more Super Bowl rings than a lot of the NFL franchises do. He has seven. Some only got six, five, and four. Some have none. That tell you how great he is. If you're looking at a young, up-and-coming QB, that can say, oh, hold up, Tom, not so fast. I win this one. That's three. That's six consecutive AFC championship games. Can you say you did that? You know. It's a lot going on, which makes this game great. It's amazing. So I'm going to give a prediction of the score. I picked the team I wanted, the team I actually think that's going to win it. It's uh, San Francisco. Here's my score. I'm looking at 27-24. 27-24, San Francisco wins their fifth. Either fifth or sixth Super Bowl. Their fifth. John Joe Montana won four. So this will be their fifth. If I'm not mistaken. Or multiple. We'll leave it at that. 27-24, good people. You know, we're gonna see what, what happens. Christian McCaffrey, I think, will probably be the Super Bowl MVP with all purpose yards. Um uh, I think they can contain Mahomes to maybe 200, 275 passing yards, maybe two touchdowns and a pick. Travis Kelsey, I think, will get his. The X factor for 
Kansas City winning this is the running back. I think it's ETN. I think he's the guy is the X factor for them. And the X factor for San Francisco, I would go with either IU or Debo Samuel. I really want to say IU because Debo and Christian are multi-purpose. They can run the ball as well as uh, catch it. So I think the deep threat of IU is going to open all that up. So he can be the X factor. 27-24, San Francisco bringing home either their fifth or sixth uh, Super Bowl title. The Lombardi Trophy going to stay in the Bay Area. And they're going to have a good time. Once again, I'm ecstatic, y'all. I'm back. We finished up this line up. Your virtual fade or your virtual evil. Steven, chopping it up with your boy, D-Rounder. I'm happy to be back. I want to say thank you for supporting me. But I also have a Patreon page where you can get exclusive information. You can give topics. You can comment on anything you I put up on there in the Patreon. You can get a whole lot of exclusives in there. I'm going to... Uh, Take suggestions. Uh, love to hear your input on what you think of the show. I want you guys to give me some topics you feel you may want to hear. I'm all for it. So there's a uh, a link, and I'm going to give you the link to it. It's uh, https colon backslash backslash b as in B as in Butch, I-T dot L-Y backslash chopping it up. That's the link. I'm going to repeat it. H-T-T-P-S colon backslash backslash B as in boy, I-T as in Tom, L-Y as in yellow backslash C-H-O-P-P-I-N I-T-U-T. That's the Patreon page. Get with your boy. Holler at me. And I also got to tell you that the show was also sponsored by Creative 8 Incorporated. Get your graphics done for any event or announcements, website design, flyers, logos, business cards, brochures, and full branding packages. Email Tamara at tmonique.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A at the at symbol T-I-A-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E dot com. And that's Creative 8 Incorporated. Get everything you need done as far as websites and announcements and things of that nature. I'm so happy y'all came back with me. We're going to end this show on that note. Until next time, when you're ready to sit down in the chair with your boy D. Randall in this virtual barber chair and get that virtual lineup, even Steven or Fade, I'm going to holler at you, fam. I'm out of here. Peace.